Are you a creative or have the urge to find your creativity? Do you want to break out of the expected, view things in a different way, and unearth the unseen? My name is Scott Banco, and on the Ford Creative Podcast, we'll help you gain that ability to monetize your creative passions, help you find your creative community, and grow your individual creativity. Thank you so much for being part of this journey, and I look forward to helping you find those creative passions with you. Welcome, everybody. I have an amazing rock star on Forward Creative Podcast today, Jason Page, one of my childhood inspirations. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on today, sir. Uh, You're welcome, my friend. To have you. Excellent. You. Voice of a generation. The voice <laughs> of a generation. Uh, I wanted to get started, Jason. What's currently on your playlist? Because I know we're both big Pokemon fans. I'm a music guy myself. I just wanted to know what you're currently listening to or what's big on the, Oh, wow. The on my playlist. I don't have... My playlist is just filled with my things that I've done. I regurgitate my own works for years and years. No. I like to listen to music that I've never heard before. I don't like to be... To know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So... When I listen to like mixes of of dubstep or mixes of drum and bass and mixes of these DJs that do things that you've never heard before. What the hell is that? I am very inspired by things like that. And beatboxers. beatboxers. Because the beatboxers are doing things that you've never heard before. In it's there's a whole new language of beatbox yeah. that I just demonstrated a little bit of, but they are going crazy with it. So I like to listen to things that I've never heard before or things that I've done because I have such a, a, a broad amount of work that I've done that had no one's ever heard before. <laughs> so I like to play it. So at least I get to hear some of the things I've done that no one gets to hear. Was there any early on in your childhood, like music inspirations from your parents or just some music growing up that really inspired your work today? You make me so very happy. Oh, I'm yeah. so glad you came into my life. Blood, sweat and tears of my first concert. I went to when I was in the womb in 1968 and I felt those vibrations vibrate through the through the placenta and into the into my fetal developing body and there were there was a stack of albums that were around when I was a kid and I didn't listen to them that often but 70s rock radio was playing and I liked the Beatles and all of these old classic rock bands that Boston yeah that's definitely that's one of my favorites um, however my my dad's a saxophone player my my grandfather's a drummer and I didn't hear them play very often, but I was encouraged by them to to be a musical being, which we all are. We're all just musical beings from the time we come out crying from the womb till we learn nursery rhymes in school, till we sing happy birthday. And mm-hmm. we're constantly doing music until our parents tell us to stop. And my parents did not tell me to stop. They continued to tell me to go, go, Pokemon, go. Speaking of Pokemon, I wanted to get into like, how did you get the opportunity to record the iconic Pokemon theme song? How did that start? I must. At 1995, my band transitioned into a TV show. That's right here. The What's Up show was a band and then it turned into a TV show and we're putting it on a public access television and one of the band members and i said let's what are we gonna do we gotta make some money because mm-hmm. this tv show is everybody's loving it everywhere we go we're recognized but yeah we gotta make some money 
And I had been auditioning for commercials and done a lot of appearances visually in commercials as an actor in theater and film. And But we started to do jingles and we made a fake jingle reel with a whole bunch of jingles that we wrote, mm-hmm. just created from scratch. And we wrote them. Evian. We Another one was the taste of seven up. Ooh. <laughs> it was like 10 different classics made up. We made a cassette tape and we started giving it out to jingle houses, music houses in mm. New York City. And they started hiring us to produce and write uh, the jingles. Lelmania was one that Russ Irwin and I, who yeah. is still a very good friend of mine, created this jingle house. And then we started producing and writing jingles and landed Legomania. And wow. okay. I realized at the time, as I got to write with all of these different music houses for these different jingles and different music for TV and music for movies that singing them was Mm -hmm. the real sweet spot for the finances because you'd spend all this time writing and producing and recording this thing. That's still a demo, a paid demo. But then once it goes final, then they just call the singers in to sing it. And the singers get paid to do, to sing on the final project. At yeah. least this is how the traditional residual world worked and on on TV commercials, basically. And so I started singing at all these different music houses and would do two, three, four, five different sessions a week for different jingle houses all across the city. One of them that we also wrote for, I sang Domino's Pizza Delivers and a couple other Domino spots for. They got the assignment to do the Pokemon theme song. So it was one of many sessions that I would do. Over the course of the five to seven years, 95 to 2003 were like just lots and lots of sessions. And then that continued and still continues to this day where I do sessions for various projects and jingles for TV commercials uh, mm-hmm. or jingles now for Internet commercials. Bubblegum Kids is one that I just did recently. It's a bubblegum that's based on an NFT character. Oh, wow. That's and that's very really cool. So anyway, yeah, different. session singing and, and the mm. vocal gymnastics that I do for everybody in this wall behind me led me to the Pokemon. It's just crazy, like how nostalgic, like your work is bringing back my childhood and like you were part of a lot of people's lives and just like doing that is such powerful in your work. And yeah. um, it's interesting that there's not much in the way of current jingles and current nostalgia. Like what? What are they going to be thinking about 25 years from now? Is there even a thing that is so prevalent that they'll be thinking about? Certainly not in the jingle world. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. All those hit jingles, they don't exist anymore. So it might be a a lost sort of uh, a lost sort of phenomenon. That's incredible. And were there any, what were the biggest challenges in your career coming up through those years, 95 through 2003, while you were getting a lot of these gigs? I I think the challenge is making my, telling my artist that, that his expression as a, as this unique artist is, can be set aside to express for the motives of all the other partnerships that I made. So all of these things are different partnerships that I basically embarked on with all these different companies that aren't about expressing themselves the way that Jason Page wanted to express himself. So I have my own personal expression 
that has to be second to the expression of the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these projects are aligned with my personal expression as well, but I have to, I have to, and this partnership helps that person grow and it helps me grow. It helps me grow as an artist, as a performer, as a, a vocal gymnast to sing it the way that the son of Zorn people want me to sing it. Hey, Colin Zorn. Mm. Or the way Shoshana Bean right here, this beautiful, incredible yeah. singer wants me to write songs with her and I'm helping her express her motive and her mm. artistry and supporting it by producing, writing and singing backgrounds for her. Meet the Spartans. We needed a voiceover for Here's to you, King Leonidas. And that was a way that I could get myself into a different character. And all these exercises really helped develop me as an artist and as a performer. But it's second. It's my own artist voice has to be second to all of these voices. Mm -hmm. And I create another artistry about helping to support the motive of all of these different brands and companies and people and partnerships. What, is, what does it take to get a role or a gig like that for a big brand? Do you really have to have a lot of reels ahead of time, like, like actors like or voiceover gigs? Like You have to show a lot of work. How, what's that process like? All of them are different. Shoshana Bean was a personal contact that I had. And as a songwriter, she saw that I knew how to, I knew how to construct songs and to bring out the artist through production. Aerosmith over here is from my association with Russ Irwin, my jingle partner that we wrote Lego Lego Mania together. He was the keyboard player for Aerosmith. I was beatboxing in a warm-up session before they went on stage, and Steven Tyler heard me beatbox and brought me out on stage to beatbox. And there's various different ways that I'm being musical in the world and achieving these things. The jingle world are all based on paid auditions, basically. I see. You get paid to come in and sing the jingle like, for instance, for Folgers or for Pepsi. Yeah. And it's a sort of a paid session. And then they take that and then they they probably have 10 to 20 different spots that they're auditioning for the client, for Pepsi or for Folgers. And then they choose one that they like and then they might revise it and then they might change the singer. They might change some lyrics like they did with Pokemon. They had, catch me if you can, Pokemon! And they obviously liked my voice on it, but they didn't like the lyrics as they tested it. They realized that wasn't the right phrase. They went back and they fixed it. It's paid auditions. It's personal contacts with people. It's making a reel so that giving now it's often giving somebody an example of the thing that they want so that they know that you can do the thing that they want. I, I did Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. My sister's a huge Rick and Morty fan. So. Um, I, the guy who did the song for Rick and Morty heard yeah. my country music samples and that's the kind of sound that they wanted. They wanted somebody who could do country music voice. And I have 10 or 15 different samples of me singing different country music samples. And that's why I got chosen for that. But of course it was a paid audition. Once again, I got a session fee and then they go and they see if they like it. If they don't like it, they, they pay somebody else to do it again. <clears throat> Upcoming projects, what's new currently that you're excited about that you can talk about that you're moving towards in your career? I have a series of songs that I'm going to be putting out this year. Actually, they're released already with a DJ I know, AIN0, and Jason Page. He's a Dutch DJ, but we're making videos for this. The, these releases we're putting them out this year 
and I am continuing to perform these songs within a uh, musical performances of some of my greatest hits and these new songs that are like EDM rock, EDM pop. And I've done some appearances with DJs. And so we're moving towards the, 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 the music festival world in, in which there's always a DJ at every musical festival, maybe two or even three, that spin the Pokemon theme song. So I have a, numbers of Pokemon theme song remixes that are starting to get spun at these festivals. Now, when these festivals happen, it's best that I'm there jumping on the stage and singing these things instead of just the DJ spinning it and everybody losing their minds. Yeah, we want I want to be there when they're losing their minds to just take it to the next level. I, um, I saw you were on stage with a rock band, the one on YouTube. I saw I was when I was doing my research for this interview, and that was a really cool experience. I saw that you had, and then I saw one recently. You were with a big DJ, and you guys were just on stage and just yes, yes. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot more of that in 2024. Plus the release of my music that's compatible with that crowd and that 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 energy with music videos associated. And I'm doing all of the Collecticons, which is a card collecting convention. This is one of my cards that I give out to everybody at the Collecticon. It's the Jason Page Gold Trainer card. Okay. Um, you can get these autographed on my website, but I've just been throwing them out to like business cards that people won't throw away because they're Pokemon themed cards and and they're just growing in value. So people are collecting them, they're reselling them online, they're coming and getting them autographed. So there's about 12 Collecticon events in the United States this year. Plus, I've got a couple of events overseas that are planned. Looks like I'm going to be going to the Philippines. We're trying to do Australia as well. And a couple more times back in Europe. There's lots of Pokemon events in Europe. I have been doing stores, which are really cool ways to have an intimate acoustic performance inside of a store with Pokemon fans that bring their incredible Pokemon merchandise and, and memorabilia to have signed. So it's really cool. It's a really cool way to interact with people outside of the Comic-Con sort of vibe. Yeah. It's just like a giant flea market of so many things. It's not really an intimate experience. It's more tailored yeah, for your, the your fans. The intimate experience is really yeah. cool. I saw you when you were in London. You were in like one of the biggest polka shops in the world you were talking about. You were playing guitar right outside the store. Oh, that was yeah. really there's, cool. a, there's a store. There's a store called Sub Center in Hearn Bay. And they are the, the, they're a grading submission center, sub-center, where you send your Pokemon cards or your sports cards or any of your magazines to be graded. And when they grade and authenticate cards, they take them, they analyze them, they make sure that they're in certain condition, and then they encapsulate them in a plastic container that tells you that card is a real card and what grade it is and if i sign it they'll tell mm. they'll tell you that it's an authentic autograph and then people on the secondary they, they can keep these things they preserve them very well inside of the cases or they can sell them with the uh, confidence that the thing is real and that it has a certain value so it's a really cool thing but the store is so small that it wasn't big enough to hold the people that came to show up so i stood out on the balcony <laughs> on, on the stoop that's pretty the epic the music, like a street performer, which yeah. I used to be a street performer. I did magic on the streets of Columbus Avenue back in high school and in New York City. I That's how I got my performing start from standing on a street corner doing magic for people. 
And sometimes you, you have to put yourself out there. What is your biggest advice for any come upcoming musician or content creator who's struggling with the fear of putting themselves out there on social media or just like going after a dream? Yeah, there is a, the dream is now in your hands. So you can do it just like you're doing this interview on your own with Restream and putting it out on your social media platforms and generating the, the interest by the way that you market it yourself. Nobody's doing it for you anymore. It used to be in a world where we had gatekeepers that prevented us from doing something unless they signed us because they own the technology and they, they own the funnels, they own the resources. And mm. you had to be one of the privileged people that got through all of the gates to get that record deal, to get that agent, to get that movie deal, to get that job. Now you can be the creator of all of it and the distributor of all of it and the marketer of all of it. It's a lot of hats to wear, but it's important for you to know about all those things anyway, because then you're not taking, you can build partnerships with people that wear those hats and help you do it as well. Mm -hmm. Just like this platform is a, a partnership with Restream, but you got to figure out how to use it. And these tools are all, they're all the same. It's just clicking around. You're just, you're really just clicking around at the end of the day. You do your art, you do your interview, you do your media, whatever it is you're creating. If you're a voiceover actor, you download a program that you can record on. You ask AI how to do it if you yeah. don't, if it's, it's constantly a changing industry. But I see so many people successful on TikTok, way more successful than me from their bedrooms in the middle of nowhere, just doing what it is they love and being the very best at whatever it is that they're doing, their, their own unique, sharing their unique self through these platforms and these new, this new technology that's available. So just be yourself enjoy what it is you're doing and get through the the technical difficulties by just looking around and seeing somebody else doing the same thing by themselves basically right yeah i think a lot of it is just you got to do the work you got to really love what you do do you think passion is such a big thing behind what you do and doing music and performing live that passion for your love for your art absolutely you have to love what you're doing if it, and when you're loving it then you it's easier to get over the difficulties that you find in doing anything. And then that, it's like rigor. You have to have rigor in order to, to make something worth it. But if you're excited about it, then that you can get over that. So those humps, it actually makes you stronger instead of seeing it as, Oh, I can't do it. It's really mm -hmm. just a small task and another small task and another small task lined up. I was thinking about that the other day, like, I was doing my taxes and I had to take all this information from over here and put it over here. And it was the same task as anything else. You look at this thing, you find the number, and then you copy and paste the number into here. And right. It's copy and paste. So like doing my taxes was the same actual process as almost anything else, just looking at a different web page and putting it into this page. It was like, and I could see it as, ah, oh, I got to do my taxes. Oh, I can't do this. It's that time of year. <laughs> or, or it's just the same yeah. tasks as anything else. And you just right. go, oh, it's just another of the same tasks. And by doing this task gets me forward. It moves yeah. my, my art forward. It moves my life forward. And if I see the task is just another task and not something difficult, oh, no, that I have to overcome. And then it's easier to do it. 
I just think we make things harder than they are, and we just need yes. to just propel forward no matter what happens. We can't control the future. All we can do is control right now. Absolutely. Especially for artists. I think that's huge for any content creator. Uh, how do you stay inspired as an artist and stay creative? Are there daily things that you do that really keep you grounded? Yes. I, I sleep on a grounding sheet, number one, <laughs> literally grounding myself to the earth, which is one of the things that we've, it's so rare. It was like, when was the last time I actually touched the ground? You have to go to the ground, take off your rubber shoulder shoes that prevent you from the electromagnetic connection with the earth and stand on the actual ground. Or you can grab a tree because the tree is in the ground. And in your house, you have, at least in, in the United States, the electric plug is three, three holes. The two holes are the electricity. And the third one on the bottom is called the ground. Why? Because on the other side of that is a wire that goes to a literal ground in the ground, a literal uh, pole, metal pole in the ground. Now, that metal pole is connected to all of your electrical systems in your house. If you plug into that, and, and that's what the, the grounding mats do, it's just one little plug. It plugs into the third hole, and then you sit on that grounding mat. Or you sleep on the grounding sheet because now the sheet has silver lining in it. And that silver conducts the electricity from the earth to you. And it, it basically, the, the reason they have that in, for appliances, because if the wires get crossed, the electricity will start a fire. If it doesn't get sent, the excess electricity gets sent to the ground. So that's, it's a safety issue. And we as human beings also have to touch the ground in order to achieve optimum health and to achieve better blood flow, basically. And I think that there's a lot of so-called diseases and things that are health issues that can be helped by just getting on the ground and getting in the sunlight. So in the morning, after I get up from my grounding mat, my, my process is to make the bed. Sometimes even before I get out of the bed, I'll slide out of the bed and make it as I'm getting out. So that bed is already ready to go. It's already smoothed out. And I'm already starting my day with a smooth surface that I've left the thing better than when I was in it. Because when I was in it, the bed was all messed up and the pillows were everywhere. As soon as I left, it's back and organized again. This is a mental sort of mm. organization that helps me move forward. Splash some water on my face. Spring water that I splash on my face that I get on my own from the mountains of Azusa. And then I go to the, the looper station and I loop a jam that goes abundance gratitude hmm. love and i loop this thing around until there's 25 voices of me singing abundance gratitude health and love and then i do a little and it takes 5 minutes to do the loop yeah. to get the loop jam like that i let it play while i do a thing called the tibetan 5 which is a, a stretching exercise where you do five stretches starting with the spinning which is a vortex charge of helps you charge your energy. When water spins around in nature, it charges, it becomes heavily structured and allows for the proper sort of blood flow and it allows for your body to do, do what it needs to do because you're made of water. So when you drink structured water, spring water, it, it helps. So I do this Tibetan five. And then once I'm done with my Tibetan five stretches, very basic stretches. It's not very strenuous. It just with the abundance, gratitude, health, love jam going on, then I can start my sort of, then I, th that's when I look at the phone 
afterwards and I'll, or I'll go to the email and I'll try to stay off of the phone, try to do it on the computer first mm-hmm. and then migrate to the phone after afterwards. And there's one other thing that happens before I get to my devices is I have a cup, I have a cup of matcha, which is an organic ceremonial grade matcha, which is uh, just green tea leaves, mm. but very good for you. Yeah, it's always good to have those habits and those daily routines because you live a really busy life. So you got to have routines throughout your day that keep you grounded. Where can everybody find you on social media, Jason? Where do you like to hang out at? I haven't really done the Discord or any of those, you know, hanging out places. I do have a Jason Page Fans Unite that I go into sometimes. They are on Instagram. They're also on Facebook. And that's a fan site that I really love the people in there. But I am on all social medias, Jason Page or Jason Page Show. Twitter, Jason Page Show, YouTube, Jason Page, Instagram, Jason Page, TikTok, Jason Page, and jasonpage.com for for updates on my schedule, my calendar. My shop is there as well for all autographed items and new cool stuff, graded items, encapsulated items, Mm -hmm. vintage items, and special one-of-a-kind things are happening there as well. But yeah, I'm P-A-I-G-E, Jason Page. I'm the first one that comes up on the internet now. <laughs> and, <laughs> There's a lot of guys with my name. And my last thing, what is your favorite Pokemon of all time? I don't have favorites. I have experiences. But I have been liking Mr. Mime because, because he stole the show in Detective Pikachu. And then he was out there <laughs> sweeping the yard in the last It's episode. a great episode. <laughs> one of my favorite episodes. I, my, I like cried as a kid when he let Butterfree go. When I was oh, yeah, that's yeah, it's a sad episode. <laughs> I have that of uh, that clip in my last goodbye song, and I did a song for the for Ash's leaving the series, and we put together this video of all the Pokemon moments, and it's on YouTube doing really right now, but you can see it on my website and actually leave comments. My last question for you is what is your meaning of creativity? Creativity is ha- letting the imagination self-express. You're, everything that isn't nature is created by the imagination of a human being, self-expressing, making reality from nothing through the power of their brain, expressing uniquely through them. That is creativity right there. Everyone's, everyone's superpower, every human being's superpower is the imagination. Awesome. Thank you, Jason Page, for coming on. I appreciate it. I look forward to having you on in the future. All the amazing things you're up to and definitely been an inspiration throughout my life and a voice of a generation. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Get it. (laughs) (laughs) See you, Jason. Bye, bro.